You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Discussing the topics that matter to you because they matter to us, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Welcome to episode 43 of Brumpod. I'm Richard Heathcote, and I'm here as ever with Jason and Ewan. Hello. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about networking in the virtual world. So as most people are going to be aware by now, they'll have certainly heard the term clubhouse. They may not fully understand what it is or what it does, but it's certainly quickly becoming something people have heard of, at least. So, gents, are you on clubhouse? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. But one of the barriers to me is that, as I understand it, you need to be on iPhone or whatever. Yes, yes. And that's a bit sophisticated and high-tech for me. <laughs> yeah, the cold doesn't stretch that far, does it, on yours? <laughs> uh, so, yes, for the uninitiated, Clubhouse is an audio networking app where you can join virtual rooms. Uh, essentially, it's it's you know similar to Zoom, but without the cameras, um, where everyone congregates in a little room. They can be either closed to a select invite-only select number of people or it can be open to the public a lot of people at the moment are using it as a sort of q a uh, panel discussion type environment where they have a few key speakers and they're sort of having interviews and discussions with uh, top industry people that kind of thing and people can listen in you can raise your hand if you want to ask a question or offer a nugget of wisdom of your own um, but yes essentially it is it is like zoom in a way but audio only. So how do you join a clubhouse? Well, at the minute, clubhouse is still in beta, so it's invite only. So if you... You can now register your... Pre-register your username. Mm-hmm. And if someone in your contacts is already on there, they can let you in. Because everyone that's in there has a... a keeps being offered a number of invites. So it's like the Isla de Muerta in the Pirates of the Caribbean. It can only be found by people that already know where it is. <laughs> I wasn't aware they're Australian. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes, it is, yes, it, it is. Still, they're rolling it out gradually. They're they're building it up. Well, they're making a big song and dance about building it up. So they've got uh, a good user base before they flick the button to make it fully public and live. Um, I suppose and- that makes sense. If you get it working on one platform, then you can open it up to multiple platforms, where if you try and make it widely accessible while it's still full of bugs, people won't use it. Yeah. So. And it's, it's, it's iOS only for now. <laughs> yeah. So it's iPhone only for now. Uh, can't see why it wouldn't work on iPad, but yes, it, it's certainly iPhone only. That's what they keep saying. It will be obviously, obviously uh, opened up to Android uh, as well in due course. But And of course, because Clubhouse is now becoming a term that a lot of people are familiar with. It stands to reason that all the other platforms are now making their own versions. Uh, So we now hear that LinkedIn are making their own version of Clubhouse, as well as Facebook and Reddit, apparently. 
Um, which is unsurprising because every tech platform sees, like when stories, stories suddenly became, uh, was a thing on Instagram and now it's on LinkedIn, it's on Twitter, it's, it's just everywhere. Everywhere wants stories. Well, LinkedIn must still be kicking themselves about not having a video conferencing option just as the pandemic hit. I mean, it was an, uh, yeah. you know, Zoom just came in and knocked everything out the way. You know, even Skype. You remember when we used to Skype uh, as a term for video calling? Now it's Zoom. How quaint, Skype. Oh, dear. And no, I said nobody mixes up the idea that, oh, I'll Skype you on Zoom later. You know, like they'll hoover up with the Dyson. <laughs> um, but, yeah, people will clubhouse. I suppose that's the marketing aim for any of these, is to become synonymous with the actual, where the noun becomes the verb, you know, like to Google. Yeah, I'm not totally convinced that that will happen because for someone with like Twitter or LinkedIn, they've already got a whole day, uh, a whole customer base of people who are linked, uh, as it were, in writing. Mm-hmm. But now you know they're going to be able to talk to each other, and that gives an advantage. Um, which, you know, other, someone like Clubhouse is not necessarily going to get. This is exactly my thinking. I mean, I've dipped into Clubhouse. I'm I'm on it. I've had a listen in on a few rooms. I haven't really used it properly, only because, A, I haven't really found any rooms that really interest me that much. Yes, I could start a room. But the other issue is, is I don't really know many people on there. Uh, not many of my contacts that I would want to speak to <laughs> are on there, um, which just means that, you know, with Clubhouse, you have to start your entire network from scratch. And then it's going to take a while before you get all the contacts that you would normally speak to on a regular basis, all in the same place. Whereas now LinkedIn are doing it. And Twitter have, have launched their Twitter Spaces, and the Brummies networking account has now got Twitter Spaces because they're uh, they're rolling it out gradually uh, all through April. It's like that to me is more attractive because we've already got an established user base and, and following on Twitter. All of us have got an established following on LinkedIn. I think because everyone's all in that same environment already. That, to me, is more attractive because you can immediately communicate with all your connections, which you've already established, just in, well, a, in a brand new way. There's two schools of thought there because you have to remember that Skype was linked to a Microsoft account, so it was used for work on Microsoft devices. You would think the entire ecosystem's there, yet Zoom came in and stole their thunder. They even tried you know, Microsoft Teams as a way of having like a grown-up Skype for business. It didn't make a dent. Zoom didn't have registered users or a database of its own, but it still let up that market share. But you're right that things like, um, you know, Horses for Courses, Instagram or Discord, because my kids love using Discord. Now, that means Discord's got a very, very strong following. And these people are just leaving colleges, universities and getting into that networking that you know that employment market and it could be something as left field as that that will come and turn clubhouse into 
the MySpace of the um, of the audio networking group, because everyone remembers group names like Alta Vista and Ask Jeeves, the search engines that nearly made it, and MySpace is the Facebook that uh, that got the uh, silver medal. Oh, I miss MySpace, Tom. Oh. He was everyone's first friend. The, the problem with these platforms is you don't have to be first. You just have to be the one that survives the uh, outlasts the competition. What was the famous line? Um, Australian swimmer said, yeah, show me, uh, show me silver medal and I'll show you the first of the losers. Yeah. Well, that's the, you know, Zoom captured the public's imagination just when the world needed face-to-face communication. Yeah. And I think they did it. Because they, they did it well. You know, you can have a whole load of people on a single call and all you've got to do is share one single link. Whereas you can't do that with Skype. We, we couldn't really do that at the time because you've got to be a connection and everything else. And there's a whole process involved in being a, a mutual connection with someone to do a, a face-to-face video call. I've tried to use Microsoft Teams in the early days of the pandemic. So I thought, well, let's see which one's best. And yes, I'm a Mac user and I've got this thing about Microsoft, but genuinely, I found it the most complicated bit of software to try and navigate in the world. It's, um, it gets used a lot in the education sector because, of course, built-in security. So remote lessons are usually done over Microsoft Teams rather than um, on Zoom. So it has got its niche, but even those people that are obliged to use it do admit that it is not as good. Um, it's, it's not as functional as Zoom. Yeah. Like you said, it's the ease of use. It's here's the link, click here, off we go. So to, and to set did- up a meeting, that it, it, in my mind, it should be obvious. You know, Zoom makes things obvious. You, you, you set up a room, there's the invite link, you send it to whoever you want. It's straightforward. There's no messing around. You're in there. It's live. It's done. The, nothing that I found in Microsoft Teams made sense. You know, your contacts were in one bit, but you couldn't initiate a call from there. You had to go somewhere else. And none of it to me made sense at all. And I, I know I'm not trying to make it sound just like I'm a Mac and everything else is superior to Microsoft, because that's not the case. But as someone See- that just wants easy functionality, I did not find that easy at all. See, I didn't get that at all when you were saying that it's it's Mac versus PC. It's the mentality. Look at the Brummies face-to-face meetings. You show up. You say who you are and what kind of people you'd like to meet. And then you get introduced to them. It's that simple. No pre-registration. No having to, you know, jump through any hoops. Just show up and start using the service immediately. And that's exactly where Zoom made those inroads. You didn't have to do anything wildly technical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and sometimes it's the elegance of the simplicity of something that makes it work. And I suppose that's where Clubhouse is very simple, which is you pre-register, but you're invited in, and then once you're in there, even if it's your first time, this is what you do and it all makes sense. Brilliant. And if somebody can make a more elegant, simple format, they will get the market share. Yep. Because these are all ways people have innovated 
to keep talking to each other because that's the that's what everyone is trying to achieve is just stay in contact share ideas innovate collaborate and you can't do that locked in a room with no contact with anyone absolutely so me i think one one thing we should probably ask people generally is is something like this something you would want us to do we, there's no word yet on uh, when LinkedIn are working on they're going to be launching their version of this, but we've now got access to Twitter Spaces. We can easily just set up a Brummies networking Twitter Space for audio chat. We can always do this alongside on a different day and time to the Brummies Bizarre we do on a Tuesday. If people are interested in us doing something like this, then let us know. It's easy for us to do. It's just a button tap. All we have to do is set the time and date and whatever, and we'll, uh, we'll give it away. And, and one of those Twitter hashtags. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll put something out on Twitter afterwards and see if people, uh, people are interested. Because I think we haven't really done a lot of online remote networking because our format is very chaotic and doesn't lend itself. There's other networking groups where they're very structured, People take turns speaking, they can go into breakout rooms, and that structure, people are used to it. They know what to expect, but... It didn't really suit our flavour of networking, did it? It's no, uh, we, we're, too, we're too informal. The basic structure was show up, grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea or water, beverage of choice, and then look around the room, see who looks interesting, and then go see what kind of a judge of character you are. Well, yeah. yeah. There was nothing more to it than that. And I think that's why it's worked so well is because it was very, very uncomplicated. And the key to the success of a, a clubhouse, Twitter space type environment is it has to retain that kind of simplicity. Yeah. Incidentally, on Twitter, we are Brummiesnet, at Brummiesnet, if you're not following us already. If you're not following us, why? What have we done? I'm going to say if they're not following us, they're not going to hear that question anyway. Very true. So, but if you are following us and you know someone that isn't, ask them. Yes, interrogate them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I've just had a coffee delivery. That is fantastic. Oh, I hate See, to show off, Jason. I know, but this is the beauty of, you know, all the remote uh, innovations is that you now can get a coffee delivered to your front door from your daughter. And I don't know what I've done. Oh. Probably She probably wants a lift somewhere later. Have I got a button for that? I'm just searching my desk now. Where's my coffee <laughs> delivery button? This is an outrage. <laughs> I'm, I'm not complaining, but these are all things that have happened because of the pandemic. Who would have, you know, considered the idea that, you know, well, actually, I quite fancy a nice coffee. I'll just get one delivered. Yeah, We would never have considered that before, but when you couldn't go into a shop and get one, and that was suddenly the only option, it's now, it's kind of like broken that taboo that it's it's not lazy uh, to order one in. It's kind of just a, a little treat. Absolutely. So, so anyway, that, wasn't, was a, go on. that was a lovely deviation from the uh, topics and discussions. But it was a lovely little interlude, and normally I would edit these things out, but I think I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> I just wanted the bragging rights that I got a coffee delivered while I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> 
So where were we? Well, I, I think beyond the realm of uh, Clubhouse and that kind of thing, um, you know, Zoom, obviously, we've, we've covered in numerous episodes to some degree and, and whatnot. But I think, do we think Zoom events and Zoom networking is going to be continuing post-COVID? Because uh, I know one event that I'm a, a regular attendee of, they're planning on, when they do bring back their live events, they're toying with the idea of having a hybrid event where there'll be the in-person event happening and then somebody else is going to be running the online version of the event for people who don't or can't attend in person. So it, it's a hybrid, but they're not trying to join online meets in person. They will be totally separate things just happening at the same time. And there are a lot of, uh, there's another platform that's uh, I've been made aware of recently, which is uh, a networking organization that only do online Zoom-based networking. So it's still like a membership organization where you've got to pay to uh, to attend and that kind of thing. But it, it's it's interesting the fact that it is purely online, online only. There are no in-person events for the people that have that like the the pros of no commute, that kind of thing. They can literally log in and be in there straight away. So I think it's interesting that even you know they're 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 planning a business model for a post-COVID world to continue it even into the future, online only. Do we think there's always going to be a space for online only networking events? I think there is. Uh, not so much for the the geographical groups, but I can certainly see a space for you know, kind of more national special interest networking. So based uh, on industry and that kind of thing. Yeah, or, or you know, or, or a particular function that, um, you know, people have difficulty getting together. I think, I think Ewan's right. Absolutely. It's it, it's the right scenario. Um, a perfect example is I, I volunteer with Lions Club International. And pre-pandemic, there were conventions. There was meant to be one in Birmingham last year. Uh, and it didn't happen because of, you know, because of COVID. But lions from all over the world would get together. Now, something that sprung up, it's called the Burmeister Bar, because the Burmeister Lions Club somewhere in, I think, Connecticut, but it's out in the US, um, they have a regular get-together, and lions from all over the world come to this virtual bar, so you obviously supply your own beverage and uh, you go into breakout rooms and I end up, um, you know, chatting with people from New Jersey or from Barbados or from India. Um, and we're all lions. We've all sort of, you know, we're all working for volunteering for charity. We've all agreed to abide by the Lions Code of Ethics. I'm in a room with people that share the same values as me and are working towards the same goal. And we've never met before, but we're immediately friends. You know, we've, 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 our credentials are taken as a given. And I think video networking will a lot of that will continue. I can I can see particularly that Burmeister Bar enduring long after the pandemic closes because it's just a brilliant way to have little get-togethers um, when we weren't able to uh, travel to see each other. 
And I think the same will happen with networking. Like Ewan said, you'll find a, a niche, whether it's industry, whether it's sector, whether it's interests, whether it's personality types, and they'll find those little groups and they will endure. And the ones that really enjoy meeting face to face will go back to that, and we'll we'll all do a we'll all do a little bit of column A and column B. I mean, I, I'm I'm all for it on an ongoing basis for sure. Because I mean, the, there are some events which I still you know in person still haven't managed to attend. You know, pre COVID, because it always landed on the same week as uh, our event, and then by the by the time I get to the end of the week, I've sort of planned out what I'm doing that week, and it isn't as easy then to uh, nip out for a networking event because I've got stuff to do, and with travel time as well, it would mean that it's you know a good half day out. Uh, whereas now, through COVID, I've been uh, dipping in through Zoom on a, pretty much on a monthly basis without fail because it's you know I'm at my desk anyway. I've got an hour, hour and a half spare i can i can do that log in do the event log out i'm still at my desk so that there are some brilliant pros to this obviously there are cons with not having uh the same feel as is it being an in-person event you don't have the little chats around having a coffee like you can in person having the the small talk that always you know it's always the small talk that leads to uh decent business stuff we tend to find don't we yeah it isn't a case of uh business happens once you've just been presented at it's always around the little chats that you have with with various people that what you're highlighting is not a new phenomenon this is the old argument about field sales versus telesales you can reach more people it's more convenient to make a quick phone call to someone than it is to travel out to see them but if you're going to travel out to see somebody you'll make four or five appointments so that you have a route to sort of maximize the efficiency you know of the time out of the office that's the same with networking you can jump on five or six different networking groups in a day online whereas how many could you realistically attend um, if you were going out and about during the day unless you really start with your breakfast networking then do a brunch then do a lunch a late lunch and then an evening networking event but by then, either your waistline or your wallet's going to give out. Or both. Or both, yeah. I think as well that, and you'll uh, correct me if I'm wrong with your background, Jason, but if you actually turn up at somebody's office, then that shows you know a degree of commitment, which you know a mere phone call, you know, where they know oh. that you're going to go on to the next one and immediately they say no. Um, doesn't have that commitment. So, you know, this the fact that somebody has, has travelled, and I've forgotten, didn't we have somebody who travelled from Grimsby at one stage to, to, yeah. to Bromley? Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that shows commitment and that, um, you know, they're worth, worth speaking to and really want to be there. Oh, exactly. Well, everybody wants to feel, to an extent, special. If you're talking about the psychology of sales or meeting so if you get a generic email you feel you'll delete it if you get a personalized email but you know it's a template it's only a little bit better if you get a short email where they make a personal reference to you as in 
oh, it was great meeting you at this event, or they know that you support a certain club, so they reference that. That's more personal. The next most personal thing is to have a chat with someone. The most personal thing is to take time out of the schedule to sit down and meet with someone. So you will always um, do well going out to meet someone, but obviously only at the time when it's appropriate, when it's not wasting their time or yours. You know, the, you're still looking at about what are we going to achieve by doing this? And that links back round to the networking. If you're trying to achieve something by being on video networking, then great. If it's you're only attending because actually it's better than not networking at all, but you really don't get something out of it, you have to decide what format works. And yeah, it loops back round nicely to Clubhouse and all the other things is whenever you go into any of these formats, have a plan of what do I intend to achieve by doing this. And if it doesn't achieve your objectives, then find a format that does. Yeah. Absolutely. And as we've previously mentioned, Zoom has captured the, uh, the globe's attention for being the, the de facto place to go for online face-to-face -face video calls. You and you found a new platform that's trying to out zoom zoom seemingly. Give I did. Um, used to be on somebody's email list and they have come up with this um, platform called Meeten, which, as you say, is trying to out zoom zoom, uh, which they say is of better quality in terms of. Um, audio and in terms of video. Um, and they also, which was an interesting point, say it's a better experience if you join by phone uh, because they also, uh, instead of being invisible, uh, if you do that, then uh, they, they put up your avatar so that people can see you're in the room as well. It's a bit late, though, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think it is. Is now the time to launch a whole new video conferencing platform? Yes, it well, may be better quality, but that ship has sailed. Surely, I mean, the, yeah. Didn't the, they say that when Apple decided to produce a phone? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think they're not going for the mass market because they don't have. Uh, a free version yeah. so obviously this is a premium product uh and you know yeah maybe multinationals bigger companies are, uh, are going to be happy to to pay for that not least because i think you know one one of the rooms is that um if if you just want to chat to somebody and you're both registered for that room you just you just get online and you do it yeah it's certainly not going to be the, the go-to platform for the uh, the weekly family quiz with Auntie Marjorie, is it? Yeah, I think I think the other thing, in fairness, is you don't necessarily, you know, want high-quality pictures of of the cobwebs in your living room. Well, that's true. Yes. You know, you get enough people with Zoom stress about how they look. Um, See, that's why you have backgrounds, and it's why you have 
avatars and all of these innovations. But I don't think when Zoom launched, they thought that one of their prime uses would be pub quizzes. But people, you create a format and then people take it and apply it to how it works in their life. The trick is trying to make it as flexible as possible. But like with Microsoft and Windows, you know, the reason it's got so many bugs is people adapted it to work on on, on platforms that the designers had never envisaged in their wildest dreams. But that's how these innovations work is you build it, you put it out to market and you see how people use it. It's This goes back to the telephone, of course, with um, Alexander Graham Bell. Okay, he came up with a telephone, but then who actually would want one? And now, you know, a world without telephones, even a telephone in your pocket, is is unimaginable. I always remember yeah. on, on QI years ago, there was... Uh, they brought out a statement. I can't remember who by now. So the, the anecdote's probably going to be pointless now. But uh, it, was, it was in the early days of computing, very early days of computing, and uh, someone had made the bold statement that one day there'll be one of these in every town. And, uh, oh, that was IBM, yes. Or was it no, okay. Watson, wasn't it? Yeah, they uh, they imagined that these there'd be like supercomputer, but they said the same about TVs that, you know, it would be that they, they thought, well, you'll have a television in every single house one day. And now you think you've got one in almost every single room in some cases. Yeah. So it, it, these things do develop. But, uh, so Meaton, I think, how do you spell it? M-E-E-T-N. So yeah, Which I so have a problem within itself, but that's just another story. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but, American. Yeah, yeah, but it, it could potentially find a huge niche because video quality. Sometimes you you're looking at the screens, and you know, is is that person is that re- person really there, or did they just make a, a mock up of themselves out of Lego? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there, it's there, a, there, there are, there are drinking, uses. Jason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are uses. I mean, there, there is a service called Skype TX, which is used in uh, TV land, where it, it's much higher video and and audio uh, for when they're beaming in people from around the world. Um, yeah, that sort of thing, you know, should be really available to everybody. Well, I mean, we're recording this on. Well, five, you know, five years ago, I, I would have, I would be perfectly happy to pay for, you know, some form of Skype Pro to enable much higher audio quality, because it would have made great strides in the in the realm of, well, media production, voiceover, especially with dialing into various studios around the world. It could have been really good. I think again, that ship has sailed now, because yes, what we're using now is called uh, CleanFeed, and it's a much higher audio call. Within yeah. built recording, but uh, how many different quality. formats did we try? We tried Skype. I think we used a couple Started of uh, with Skype. We then moved on to Zoom, and the Zoom yeah. audio recording was atrocious. So apologies if you've heard some of those early episodes. Yeah. Uh, then we went into um, uh, Uber Conference. We tried for a while. That was it. Yeah. So we've tried a lot of different formats, and yeah, sometimes the new one to market is the one that you think. That's the one for me. And it could be that 
when you can't do face-to-face -face meetings, that a high-quality video conference is actually what you want because you forget that a lot of communication is non-verbal. So better video quality, you can see the um, the the small, you know, fleeting facial changes. What do they call them? Not microaggressions, or for, for want of a better word, microexpressions. Microexpressions, where you can you can actually read how somebody is reacting to what you say. And yeah. Yeah, because sometimes if you just met with a silence on the phone, it you know on especially with a say a, just an audio conference, is that person buffering? Are they are they actually just is the line still good and they're just trying to take in what you've said? And if that is the case, is that good or bad? Well, well, the other thing is, conversely, the one thing that could improve. Zoom calls for people, no end, is is just to buy a better webcam. Because yeah. the amount of Zoom networking events I've been on now, and usually the webcams that are inbuilt in people's laptops, they're usually awful, including Apple. Um, this is certainly no Apple are the best here. Until their most recent laptops and things, the webcams inbuilt in pretty much all, apart from the last year or two's computers are trash. The one in my laptop, which is a 2012 MacBook Pro, isn't even 720p. It's awful. Yeah. So I bought an inexpensive, and I literally mean inexpensive, that my uh, webcam was about 25 quid. And it's a 1080p webcam. And it improved no end, the video calls. I now appear much clearer on Zoom event, uh, Zoom calls. So I think people, the, there, are, there are clearer images coming from the Mars rover than some people's laptops. Yeah. And I think if, if you want, there's no, necess, not necess, there's no real need to pay for a new platform, I don't think. Just spend 25 quid on a better quality webcam and you're going to see an immediate improvement. See, that just comes down to the variables in tech, which is, you know, the the signal is only as good as the routers at either end of the chain. Yeah. And, yeah, the audio, the video is only as good as the camera, but also only as good as the person looking at it, because if you just decided you weren't going to wear your glasses for vanity reasons, then, um, yeah, it's going to be blurred regardless. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's there. There are there's arguments for both, but I do think that particularly if you are entering into very important negotiations, where you know there are either huge amounts of money or significant risks on the line, then if you couldn't meet in person, you would want the clearest, most stable audio and video feed that you could get, because you don't want any ambiguity, misunderstanding. You know, in extreme cases, can you imagine doing a court trial by video link? And how do you plead? And suddenly the signal cuts out at the knot. <laughs> <laughs> and all they hear is guilty. You know, it, it's a ridiculous scenario, but there have been worse consequences for sillier mistakes than that. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's also kind of status element in this, isn't there? 
Because yeah. if you're a chief exec and you turn up <laughs> to work in your chauffeur-driven Bentley, you really don't want to uh, be presenting yourself with a, a on a duff webcam and with poor audio quality. So you know you you maybe want to project the best. Yeah, there is an element to status. I mean, otherwise, why do you wear a suit to go to a meeting? Because I get arrested if I'm naked. <laughs> well, that only happened once at Brummies, and you know we were able to uh, explain it away. And um, <laughs> and we do promise that when we return to the face-to-face -face meetings, that you uh, and will be clothed at all times. And there will Indeed. be mind bleach for all the mental images <laughs> that have now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you 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 mentioned backgrounds a bit ago, Jason. Yes, and I did come across um, the guy who was uh, setting up a company with all kinds of interesting backgrounds for video calls. And of course, the details have totally escaped me. But I think, Richard, you, can you put it in the um, in the episode notes? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll see if I can dig it out. Yeah, because a lot of people do have. Um, well, I've seen ad, even adverts now that have adapted to the the new normal, where they talk about house embarrassment, you know. And part of it is video. You know, um, people have fancy backgrounds. Can you turn the background off? And it's like they look at the uh, what their actual house looks like, and it's like no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yep, yeah, that's me. I, and I've done little wind-ups where I've uh, I've been on a video call and I've actually taken a picture of the background with me in it and then set that as my background. So when I get up to leave the room, I'm still sitting in the chair, <laughs> which really messes with people's heads. I, I generally hate the virtual background thing. I know people think it's quirky and fun, but... Oh my god! I mean, usually when people are sat in front of them, they just keep dissolving like you're in Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, because they're melding into the background. It's like I'll oh, just switch it off. It's because they make the mistake that the virtual background only works with a plain background. If there's a lot going on in the background, the system can't differentiate between you and the background. So when you move, you just merge into the background. E equally, it only works with a decent webcam as well. Yeah, I, I tried it with the uh, the inbuilt uh, laptop webcam. Didn't work at all. As soon as I, I t uh, had to play around with it with the new webcam, it, yeah. it absolutely works. Yeah, but I still don't use them because I hate them. Yeah, they've they've got their their uses. If you needed to have your branding or logo, we've done Lions conventions online, and yeah, you put the the Lions logo in there, and you um you can have videos playing in a little you know breakout screen next to the person that's delivering the information and they've got their uses but they can be overused you know it's um... I, I think the other thing is that they you know it's, it's a bit like your powerpoint slides if you're not careful you actually distract yeah from what you're trying to say by having something going on in the background well, it's just fashion where people sometimes, just because you can do it, doesn't mean using this, using it this way at this time is appropriate. But remember on LinkedIn, 
there was a fashion a, a, a year or so back, pre-pandemic, where people would post videos of themselves winning from a supermarket car park or stuck in traffic. And yeah. uh, it's like, now is not the time to record a video. No. If you've got a message to tell someone, then, yeah, then pick your moment, pick your platform. And just because you can get your thought, your random thoughts out now doesn't mean you should. Absolutely right. So. so I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Uh, will online networking continue post-COVID? Yes, in some form. I think we probably it probably will. Is it for everybody? No. But not many things are. So for now, thank you for listening. And we shall see you next time. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Follow us on Twitter, at Brumpod. You can subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode.